Hey, Alex here. It's Monday, March 15th, and economic data last week was great. Consumer spending was up, aka us regular folk were spending more money, and inflation expectations were still flat or below expectations despite rising bond yields. Also good, um, this is showing that economic recovery is fairly strong. But the 10-year Treasury note rose to 1.63% on Friday, a fresh high since February of 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic. But what does that mean and why does it even matter? Today I'm going to break down bond rates and why it impacts the stock market. Stay tuned. So, the job of the Fed is to create an environment that allows for a strong and steady economy. The Fed, for us, is essentially our central bank. Now, they do this through adjusting their monetary policy. Right? This policy impacts economic growth, inflation, employment, and their goal is sustainable growth and stable prices over time. That's kind of a conglomerate of all the prices. They look at that, and they try to make sure it's stable over time. There's not huge inflection points. Now, they accomplish this in many ways, um, but the most common ways are regulating the reserve banks, right? Reserve, res- regulating the reserves that are required for banks to hold, um, adjusting overnight credit rates, right, which is the cost for banks to borrow from one another overnight, which is another way for banks to make money, and buying and selling U.S. treasuries to elevate or decrease interest rates. So actually at 1 p.m. this Wednesday, the Federal Open Market Committee, which is the people who make decisions on rate targets, they're going to meet and reveal details of their discussion. Uh, more than likely, we're not going to hear much of anything. They're going to stick to the plan, but you never know. They're going to decide the Fed funds rate, which is like we talked about before. We're talking about how much banks can charge each other to borrow money, right? how easily accessible is money, and what the interest is looking like for you to be able to borrow it. Now, there's three possible outcomes. They could increase Uh, increase rates, which is unlikely, but they would do this if they're concerned about inflation, which, like we said before, most of the benchmarks show that inflation is under control, right? An overheating economy due to growth would lead to them what's called tightening monetary policy. And again, that's by increasing the rates. So if they're really concerned about inflation, they'll increase rates. The second possible outcome is in the decrease rates. Now, this is done to spur growth and encourages borrowing and reinvestment in businesses to increase their growth and production. Now, if you think about it, by decreasing the rates, decreasing the cost of money, which is essentially decreasing the amount of interest you have to pay back when you borrow money, that's going to encourage more people to borrow. So businesses who are looking to grow are going to borrow more money because they have to pay less interest on it. It's like you buying a house and you get a chance to refinance it for a cheaper option. You're going to refinance because you want to pay cheaper over time. Same thing with these uh, borrowing, these loans from these banks. If you're borrowing money and you get to pay it cheap and you know the next time you borrow, you may not be able to get paid cheap, you're going to borrow more, right? You're going to increase the amount you're borrowing, thus spurring economic growth. This is known as easing monetary policy. The third option, which is what we're likely going to see on Wednesday, is that 
the Fed is not worried about inflation and they like the current pace of economic growth, so they don't change anything. Now, a bond, right? Let's um, let's keep talking very simply here. A bond is an IOU, right? Businesses and governments typically issue bonds. Now, by adjusting the federal fund rate, the Fed is impacting almost directly the interest rates on U.S. government bonds. Now, what's important for us to know is that these IOUs, the higher the cost for these IOUs, the lower the yield, right? The lower the yield, the higher the cost. That means there's a lot of demand, right? But, right, these things pay less. The lower yield, they pay you less. Now, lower prices for the bonds equals higher yield. Lower prices, low demand. If there's low demand, they have to yield higher because they want people buying these bonds. Essentially, so these bonds end up paying more than the high-priced bonds. So it, it is still, everything fundamentally works on a supply and demand curve, right? So you think high prices means that more people want it. Think about like Louis Vuitton, right? High prices because everybody wants it. Low prices, nobody really wants it. Low demand. If there's low demand, they have to pay higher because they want people to still buy the bonds. Now, if you're someone looking to loan money to the government, which is essentially what you're doing, you're talking about big money people or people who are just buying bonds um, or notes for their family over time, right? like your grandmother. You're going to want the best return on your money, right? So, I mean, there are a lot more far intricate details here, but... If we look at it this way, right, high prices for these bonds, high price, low yield, low price, high yield, people looking for the highest yield that they can get on their money, right? So the idea of putting money in these these places, right, we're looking for when the rates increase and when the rates decrease because that tells you where the best place to put your money is. If the rates increase, bonds and stocks go down. If the rates decrease, bonds and stocks go up in terms of their prices. So what's going to happen this week? Well, the last few weeks, analysis and finance media have spotlighted rising yields, which they're still rising, on the 10-year U.S. Treasury bond. Now, the 10-year U.S. Treasury bond just happens to be that benchmark that everybody's looking at. There are 30-year bonds and there are shorter-term bonds that people can look at as well. But the 10-year, maybe because it sits right in the middle, people use that as a nice gauge um, for how the bond rates are moving. Now, because of their rapid rise, people were freaking out. So a lot of that selling that we saw two weeks ago, that was more fear or a, um, an uncomfortableness, right, a discomfort with uncertainty. People were asking the Fed to address it. They were asking Chairman Powell to address the rising um, the rising yields on these bonds in addition to a frothiness in the market, right? Rising asset prices for in the market as well, stock prices, more people putting money into things and inflating prices. He They wanted something because it seemed like a lot of money was flying around, right? It seemed like a lot of money was flying around. It seemed like there was low demand for bonds because these yields are going up. They wanted an answer, right? Because if they can figure out what the Fed is going to do, if they can get an answer, they know where to move their money appropriately. Remember, the stock market is about returns. People put their money into these assets, these paper assets, because they're looking for returns. So they're constantly moving their money around to get the best return possible. If the Fed doesn't tell them what's happening with the bond rates, people get very uncomfortable because they want to know where to move their money to next. 
right? They're not trying to keep their money in these, um, you know, these recovery, these uh, lockdown trades, right? Not trying to keep their money in tech, in growth, if they see an end coming to the growth, right? They want to be proactive. Now, if you reverse engineer the rapid rise in bond yields, like what we said before, this is what you get, right? We have high yields equals low bond prices. And low bond prices typically comes from higher interest rates. Remember, we talked about that, right? High interest rate, low bond prices, low stock prices. So we already have two out of the three, right? A couple of weeks ago, we saw this. And even today, right, we see high yields above 1.6. That's one out of the two. We have low bond prices, right? If we got high yields, that is directly and inversely related to bond prices. So we have high yields and we have low bond prices, but we don't have high interest rates. So people are wondering, okay, now these three normally go together. So if we have two out of the three, what are you going to do? And they're wondering this thing because if these two things are signaling inflation, then the only option for the Fed is to increase the third thing that can keeps these things in line, right? The interest rates. However, economic data last week showed us that interest rates were under um, that inflation was under control. So what's the deal? Again, like I said, the market doesn't like uncertainty. They will liquidate their positions and sit in cash because they're waiting for an answer. They're waiting for some direction on where they should move their money. So this FOMC meeting is going to be crucial, right? This Federal Open Market Committee meeting on Wednesday at 1 p.m. is going to be crucial. So if you're someone that's interested in trading this because there's going to be a degree of volatility, how do you trade it? Well, we know banks like high interest rate environments. They make more money when they loan money. So we know that the banks are good to play. Again, do your own analysis, your technical analysis, your own research. But the banks will be uh, something that you can play. You can also play growth stocks because growth stocks will typically go down if there is an increase in rates because it costs more money to borrow. It costs more money to borrow money, right? It co- there's more interest on the money borrowed. Typically, gold stocks will go down because that'll eat into their profit. It'll eat into their earnings, and it'll eat into the even potential for some of these companies to even raise money to continue their growth. And value stocks should, right? Keyword should rise or at least resist a crazy sell-off because they don't really need to borrow much money. So it doesn't impact their business model or profits too much. So those are some options, right? If you're looking at bank stocks, they like high interest rate environments, so they may run up into this meeting. Growth stocks typically don't like high rate environments, so they could go down into this meeting. And value stocks should keep the rotation that we saw the last couple of weeks and continue moving up or at least hold up as we enter this meeting. So there's a lot of different ways to trade it. You can trade options. You can trade by buying and selling stocks, or you can wait. Right. It doesn't hurt to wait because what happens after this meeting is going to be very, very important because people are waiting for this meeting. Once this meeting's gone and there's no vent after this, we just had stimulus. The environments, I mean, the economy's opening back up. The world is opening back up. There are vaccines. There's a lot of positive news out. There's a lot of good things happening. If you play this event, great. Make sure you do a due diligence. If you don't play this event, there's nothing wrong with that because after this event, 
we're going to look to see if that uptrend continues and that'll prevent a lot of, present a lot of opportunities for you to get involved in the markets. Mm-hmm.